Welcome to the Leadership Lounge. I'm Emma Coombe, a Managing Director in our London office, and we've got a big topic today. We're talking about how to recover from failure. No one likes failure, yet it's something that we're all likely to face at least once in our professional life. And with the added scrutiny today of media, of social media, it can feel like a very unforgiving place to be. Culturally, there's huge variation across the globe around what it means to fail and how permissible it is to recover from it. But as leaders, what we can think about is how failure is actually a good thing. If we train our brains to say it's okay to fail and that actually what's most important is how you deal with failure, how you learn from your mistakes, how you quickly course correct and how you apply those learnings for future decision making. So today, we have got four of our Russell Reynolds leadership advisors in the lounge with us to answer questions about their experience in coaching leaders who have experienced failure and know a thing or two about coming out the other side. I'm really looking forward to the discussion. Just before we dive in, remember to share any burning questions you want our leadership advisors to answer by emailing our inbox at redefiners at russellreynolds.com. We look forward to hearing from you. So time to speak to some of our experts. And first up, we'd like to welcome back Anapama Paranik, a leadership advisor from our Singapore office. So Anu, every day you're interviewing leaders. What's the one piece of advice that you would give about recovering from failure? So... A leader who is working through failure is going through a very, very tough patch, right? Um, I think it's important as a leader to acknowledge the fact that some things that they have tried haven't worked. And a lot of leaders get to their roles by having done everything right each time. And so when they actually face failure for the first time in their careers, it's sort of earth shattering in multiple ways. But having said that, I think it's important for each one of us when we are at that stage in our lives to take a moment and reflect on what's gotten us there. And that reflection piece is something a lot of leaders forget to do. This is a time taking a little bit of a step back, reflecting on what's happened, what's gotten you over there. And more importantly, trying to see what is the lesson that this failure is teaching you. You know, at the end of the day, it's something that you tried and it didn't work. People who don't try never know what failure is, but they never know what success is either. So in a way, you're way ahead of the curve if you've you know, tried something and it hasn't worked. I love that reframing, Annie. You're saying that every great leader needs to fail at some point in their career. It's not about if it happens, but, but when. And the key is recognising that if you failed, it's often because you've tried to push the envelope. That's a great first step to almost not be afraid of it. It reminds me of a, of a top British retailer who had a very public failure. They had an IT issue when they tried something new. They weren't able to pay their workers on time. Instead of shying away from the issue, they published a letter of apology. They faced into the fact they'd got something wrong. And actually, the story died down incredibly quickly. And to this point, we'd like to introduce Gurpreet Singh. Gurpreet, it's great to have you here. You're a leadership advisor in our Mumbai office. How do you think leaders can be kinder to themselves? following failure? So I think uh, too often when we go through failure, we personalize it, right? So it goes from this failed to I failed. And the minute we personalize it or ascribe the failure to ourselves, I think we lose objectivity because emotions take over. 
not only are you already hurting from having made the error, uh, but now you're self-flagellating yourself and making it much worse. So don't personalize. Believe that you had the right intent and you made the right decision based on whatever data information you had at that point in time. Exactly that. From a very young age, we teach children to pick themselves up and dust themselves off to move on. But as adults, we we lose that instinct. And it's about engaging constructively with failure, but, but very quickly rationalising it, keeping it in perspective. We found, for example, in our book on sustainable leadership, after analysing dozens of CEOs who'd made massive strides in sustainability ahead of their competitors... The ones that had made the most progress had also had some of the biggest failures along the way. They weren't afraid to to push the dial, to challenge the status quo and to accept that some things would go wrong along the way. And what set these leaders apart was that they had a really high, what we call LQ or learning quotient, their willingness to learn, adapt and change, especially in the face of failure. And in such a volatile and complex world, being curious, this learning quotient is a really important attribute to have as a leader. In fact, I'd say it's one of the key things that we're looking for at Russell Reynolds today when we help our clients find their next CEO or executive. For example, I find it fascinating thinking about the aviation industry. Matthew Saeed, in his book, Black Box Thinking, brings to life the extraordinary ability of the airline industry to learn from failure The industry is so receptive to change that if there is a crisis, some kind of failure, overnight regulation can change and be implemented. The mechanisms in place to to drive change off the back of failure are really extraordinary. And I think so many other industries should learn from the aviation industry. And as well as the all-important learning quotient, another key facet is the, the trust quotient. And I think Jim Rowan, who's the new CEO at Volvo Cars, in his first day letter to all employees, really set out his stool for what it would mean in that business to face into mistakes and move on. To quote just a few lines from from this first day letter, he said, trust is important to me. I'd like this to be a company that trusts its people to do their job, a culture that provides equal opportunities to all, where our people are empowered to use their judgment and skills to help deliver our key objectives. It also means that we're a company that has earned the trust of its people. A company that's here for you when you need support, whatever it is. And if something's about to go wrong, I want everyone to feel confident to speak up and ask for help and guidance to solve the issue at hand. We will win as a team. No finger pointing, no blame game. Let's just get everyone focused on the mission. Jim's obviously a leader in a position of enormous power and role modelling that kind of behaviour for others, in my mind, really sets him apart as a leader today. He accepts that failure will happen along the way, but he's created here a culture of learning where it encourages other employees to do the same. It gets away from this feeling of total perfection day in, day out, which is not only entirely unrealistic, but of course, really unsustainable. We've all had experiences probably where expectations on us are too high and it's it's not a great place to be. So here to share her perspectives on what it means to fail and how to recover is Sarah Galloway. Sarah is a leadership advisor in our London office. And Sarah, tell us a bit about how, in your view, leaders can grow and learn from failure. Failure has many negative connotations when actually as leaders, failure is often the biggest learning curve of all and something which we shouldn't really be afraid of. If you've experienced failure, don't beat yourself up about it. Take stock, understand what went wrong, take learnings and grow from that difficult time. 
Leaders who are able to deal with failure and emerge stronger from it on the other side are the kind of leaders that top companies actually want. It's also key when you're going through a tough spot, look to get feedback from others around you who'll have a different perspective on things. Often you'll find that you're being a lot harder on yourself than others are, so it's good to get that additional perspective. On the subject of inviting people to give feedback, I was really struck in a previous episode of our Redefiners podcast, listening to Sally Krawcheck, who spoke so openly about a really high-profile role at Bank of America and how she dealt with publicly being let go, which consequently made it onto the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Firstly, Sally allowed herself a short amount of time to process the failure. Then she took a very interesting and bold approach. So every time I get fired, I give myself a good 24-hour pity party. And I've been fortunate enough in the positions that I've been let go from that I've managed 20,000 people, 30, 40,000 people, and people are kind. And so in come the emails and you just drink and obviously don't shower the next day and, you know, just let it sort of wash over you. And then the next day is when you say, okay, you had your 24 hours time to pick it up. And, you know, what I did, I've, I've told this story before, and Clark, you may remember this, but what I did the second day after Bank of America is I actually called all the members of the board, which, you know, took something. And what I wanted to do was Number one, it's a small world. So thank you for the opportunity to run this large business. And while I have you, if you're willing to, what could I have done better? Um, And it was really interesting um, because I I shocked people into answering it. And, you know, the answer was at the time, you just didn't have anybody fighting for you in the boardroom that, you know, when it came time to reorg and move, you, you know, even though your business results were there, if you didn't have anybody fighting for you, then it's hard to argue against the yes, but he could do the job better. If she can do that, beat, plan, and gain, share, imagine what he can do. Just a big eye-opener for me. It takes real courage and grit to reach back out and seek feedback. I love this story. Someone else who'd like to chime in on that point is Nick Henderson, a leadership advisor in our Dallas office. Nick, you're well-versed in speaking with leaders who have succeeded following failure. What do you think the bottom line is on recovering from failure? Except that it's failure. A lot of people don't either understand, assess, or accept the level of failure they're at. So as they make changes to try to fix it, it's really not hitting at the root of it. And then say, okay, that's the last time we're going to talk about it. If you have something to say to me, it's only going to be, are we getting better or a solution? You're absolutely right, Nick. You have to be able to truly accept a failure to move on from it. And you have to set the right tone for the rest of the organization. Take a step back and take stock. Experiencing failure shouldn't stifle you from wanting to try new things again in the future and being bold with your ideas. So our time in the lounge today has come to an end. It's been a fascinating topic, unpacking how different people have dealt with failure or indeed established cultures to enable failure and recovery from it. In 30 seconds, this is what we've learned. At some point, we're all going to fail. It's all about how you deal with it. Failure can be difficult to accept, but it's a really important, if not the most valuable learning curve. Let the learning define you, not the failure. And don't be afraid to continue to be bold after the failure. For more dynamic insights from our leaders, search Redefiners wherever you get your podcasts and you'll find our Leadership Lounge mini-series. 
And if you have any topics or burning questions you'd like us to cover in future episodes, then get in touch. Email your questions to redefiners at russellreynolds.com. Or you can find us on LinkedIn and follow us on Twitter at RRA on Leadership. Thank you for listening and see you the next time.